Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hey everybody, Stefan here. This episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite sub box yet, the Cryptid Crate. You see, Josh got one of these for his birthday, and I was super jealous because it was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he received first was all about the Flatwoods Monster, which of course is one of our favorites. And it had a t-shirt, a book, a patch, mug, and some awesome stickers. So I checked out the price to get one for myself, and let me tell you, it is well worth the value. These make excellent gifts for yourself or even friends that are cryptid lovers as well. Now, if you use the coupon code FEARSCAPE, you will get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off individual purchases. So go ahead and head on over to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate now and get yourself one today. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another high-flying, we-keep-trying, lovey-dovey episode of Fearscape, paranormal podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am the hostess with the mostest, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by my other host, Josh Rutledge. I'm not giving you anything in the no beginning props, of this time. No, no, no props. You were just a simple I'm just- co-host. I'm just a simple guy doing simple things, yep. you know, uh, with my simple mind. That's, that's all it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't even have to say it. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everybody. Uh, yeah. Night. Just you know, that, That's the end of it. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> and we're off. Uh, I just wanted to share this with you today. Uh, so um, I think I've mentioned it on here a few times that I work. Uh, at a place where I have to make phone calls all day. And I spoke to this lady today and uh, she was like, can you call me back in 30 minutes? I'm watching the evening news. (laughs) (laughs) So I called her back and I was like, and I'm looking for Gloria. This is Tom Brokaw here from uh, insert my job name. And she laughed her butt off. (laughs) (laughs) And my boss was like, you did not. I said, Hey, I got it, didn't I? (laughs) 
read the audience. That's yep. the important part. So that's the important part. So she she appreciated it. She was an older lady, so she knew who Tom Brokaw was. Yeah, well, you know, Judge Wapner's no longer on the air. Wa- so. Bam, Wapner's on. Wapner's on. Bam. Um, <laughs> anyways, we got a really fun show for you tonight. Really cool show. Uh, we have uh, a really great guest we're going to be getting spooky with. Uh, we're looking at author, podcaster, producer, and guest on a number of different TV shows, including Hangar One on History, as well as UFO Cover-Ups on History. I could name a million of them. Uh, he is very wise when it comes to UFOs and UAPs and so much stuff, man. We've got Jason McClellan on the show tonight, and I'm so pumped because we got another Phoenix dude coming on tonight. I know it's gonna be. It's gonna uh, be we're awesome. gonna be posting his address for everyone. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if if he was out there during Phoenix Lights. Uh, oh yeah, I'd love to ask him about that. I also want to ask him about something that I'm about to bring up in creepy ketchup. So. So I got some stuff tonight, but we're not going to do that yet. We're not going to no. do that yet. So you're getting ahead uh, of yourself. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's happened to me all day today. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, our interview with Jason, we're going to do our normal segments of the week. So let's start with Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word of the Week. All right, Psychic Word of the Week uh, comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by Junji Bletzer, PhD. Rest in peace, honey, bear. I miss you and I've never met you. Um, so anyways, I flipped through a page and uh, this would be 463. And the phrase that I see is personal haunting. Personal haunting for 300, Alex. Personal haunting. Uh, so what it says here is the hovering of an earthbound entity close to an earthling encouraging him or her to increase an unwanted habit earthbound entity uses his or her own energy as a mental psychism attaches periodically to an earthling who is a negative thinker materialistic person or who shares the same frailties of the discarnate being impresses in the earthlings mind to keep up the activity he or she desires making it harder for the earthling to relinquish the habit uh, discarnate being receives pleasure by memory. Do not confuse this with environmental haunting in which the earthbound entity uses energy in environment and the results are physical psychism. Um, very interesting. I wish we had had this last week yeah. with, and our Gorga because, man, that sounds exactly what he was talking about with the demons um, attacking yeah. certain um, uh, emotions and stuff, demons of lust, demons of yeah. depression, etc. Well, and it's... And it also goes along with some things that we've talked about other times and things about, you know, do do these entities kind of attract or feed off of different emotional states and things like that. So, I mean, this right here says that it, that they do. So. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, it very much insinuated to me addiction and things like that, um, drug addiction and stuff. Uh, so that's very interesting. I wish we could reach out to June. I wish she was still alive. I would love to talk to her about certain ones and be like... Can you delve into this a little bit well, more? I, like, I wish know, we had her on speed yeah. dial. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's really interesting that you that you you know talk about drug addiction and things. And I mean, mm-hmm. is that the reason why addicts can't really kick it because there's some? Well, I mean, you know, you know there's that. I mean, what's another term for liquor? Spirits. And you've heard yeah. the term "giving up the ghost," right? 
Um, so, you know, those are, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. see that as coincidence. Yep, exactly. So personal haunting. Thank you, Junji Bletzer. As always, she is uh, spot on. She just missed it by a week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. It might come up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it might. It might. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and move to our next segment, which is we haven't had this in a week or two, but the Mandela effect. Did you say Mandela? No, no. I said Mandela. Mandela. The Mandela effect. Mandela effect. All right, so we are going over the Mandela effect again, uh, which, you know, for those of you who don't recall, this is uh, where people have memories. Certain people have memories of things being a certain way, usually happening in pop culture or history or things like that. Um, and uh, it is no longer that way. And there's a, a large group of folks that remember it that way while others remember it as it is. So, uh, in fact, this happened to me today. Kind of, I was going to say, but, well, it's not really creepy ketchup, but it's like I was driving and I drive same way every day, have done now for six months. And there was a gas station. This is an older one, so it ain't new on the corner of one of the stoplights where I'm at. And I was like, has that always been there? <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I'm ADHD. I look at everything. Um, I am not a safe driver. Um, and so it's like, I'm looking at everything, but I legit was like, has that really always been there? And I was laughing because I was like, is this the Mandela effect? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have that kind of stuff happen. Like I was, there's a, was driving to my parents' house one day. It's been a couple of years ago. I was driving to my parents' house one day, which I used to live right around the corner from. And I was like, is that cell tower always been there? But I mean, you know, I was cell towers could go up quickly, but it had been only a couple of days since I was there before, and I didn't ever notice it before. So it was just, yeah, mm, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so for the Mandela effect, what I've got the first one that I've got here is actually one that legit surprises me, and I have went and double checked. Um, uh, this one comes from Forrest Gump. Uh, life is like a box of chocolates. You never okay. know what you're going to get. That's not actually the line. Um, much like hearing, uh, oh, I'm going to save that for the second one, actually. Um, but yeah, life is like a box of chocolates. The line played by Tom Hanks, he actually said, if you listen closely, he says, life was like a box of chocolates, not life is. And that's very different. And so it makes sense, though, if you go back, because he says, Mama always said life was like a box of chocolates, right? So that makes a little more sense because he's already referencing the past, which means Mama right. was representing, you know, the past. But yeah, I looked it up. It legit says life was like a box of chocolates, not life is. Well, and I. Is that really a Mandela effect, or is that just people not paying attention to any mo to a movie? <laughs> I mean, isn't that anything? Anything that we've yeah. talked about? I mean, we talked about the Kit Kat last time, and it's like whether well, or not but I, a hyphen in there is that. But no, I I remember attention? the Monopoly man having a freaking monocle. I remember that being the case. <laughs> there was something that I saw. The Monopoly man had a freaking monocle. Okay. Uh he has had a monocle before. Right. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use. So um, two more. I'm going to go with TV movie things here. These kind of go back to back to me things, because, again, these are messed up 
things. They're either misquoted or never quoted as all. Um, the one I'm going to bring up is Star Trek. Uh, many people, in fact, there's T-shirts and everything that shows Captain Kirk saying, beam me up, Scotty. Um, he, in fact, never said, beam me up, Scotty, in Star Trek. It never happened. Yeah, he probably said Mr. Scott. Yeah, yeah, he said different things. He would say yeah. teleport us or beam yeah. us up or things, but the phrase that everyone says, beam me up, Scotty, never happened. <laughs> I, I wonder if that is a, a misuse because of Spaceballs. In Spaceballs, they say, beam me up, Snotty. And so I wonder if that's a Maybe, misappropriation to I Star Trek as the origination. That the whole beam me up, Scotty thing was out long before that. Uh, you know, um, out long before that. I don't know. I mean, maybe, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Maybe it was used in like some sort of a toy. You know, like a packaging for a toy. Sure. Or or even it could have been in some sort of advertising yeah. or marketing. Right. Um, where it was just printed out or, you know, the announcer Get ready for Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty, at seven o'clock on Thursdays. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, any of those things are right. possible. So I don't what, know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just, I, I find it hard to believe that someone came out of came out of nowhere with that. I mean, it it, it probably was used somewhere that led somebody to use that. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's just, especially when you think about like print and how how many how many. You know, people pay so much for for letters and words back in the day. I mean, you, you're going to print "Beam Me Up, Scotty" as opposed to, you know, "Transport Us, Mister Scott." You know, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look here because now I'm super interested in this. But yeah, it says right here, um, though it has become irrevocably associated with the series and films, the exact phrase was never actually spoken in any Star Trek episode or film. Uh, Despite this, the quote has become a phrase of its own over time. Um, It's even become a slang for drugs, all kinds of different Hmm. stuff. Um, Let me see here. Sexual euphemism. (laughs) Right. like it says the misquotations influence even led to James Doohan, the actor who played Scotty to be misrepresented in his own obituary <laughs> where it says the character who responded to the command be me up Scotty despite never having responded to that command. <laughs> and Doohan even made that the name of his autobiography in 1996. That's what I'm saying. It had to have come from somewhere. For yeah, there's no, I can't find anything that says where it came from. I mean, there's a number of different phrasings, you know, uh, animated episodes. He says, beam us up, Scotty. Um, there's time where he just says, beam me up. In the movies, it says, Scotty, beam me up. Beam them out of there, Scotty. So, I mean. Yeah, somebody just put it together. I mean, come yeah. on. that's not really a mandala effect, I don't think. I, I, don't, it, I don't know. Um, but people swear that they remember it being said. Um, and people are like, I swear I had a VHS copy where it was said and everything. So here's another one. One last one, another quick one. This one comes from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The famous quote, mirror, mirror on the wall. Um, who is the most beautiful of them all or whatever it is, Fairest. is actually not the quote. The quote is actually magic mirror on the wall. Right. It is not mirror, mirror. And I... Uh, I don't know where this started, but I mean, to the point that even that Julia Roberts version of Snow White was called Mirror Mirror. 
Yeah, but I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this, this is where I'm on the come down on the side that I always remember it as Magic Mirror. Oh, really? Oh man, yeah. I all, I mean, me and my sister, we would, you know, when we were little kids and we would play Disney, like we'd pretend to be Disney characters and stuff. I would always be the Magic Mirror, and she'd always be like, "Mirror, mirror on the wall." I mean, even if I'm doing improv and I like do that, I. <laughs> I still say mirror, mirror. And in fact, later on in Disney and like those Halloween Disney cuts and stuff, remember where the mirror like um, hosted the Halloween special and all that stuff. Disney even kind of changed it to mirror, mirror uh, later on. Um, So very, very interesting. So, um, but yeah, there are many, many people that swear that, you know, they, they remember it that way. Um, So I don't Hmm. know. I don't. I don't know. And that's the interesting part, right? Yeah. And I think some of it, too, I believe in the original English translation of the Brothers Grimm, they do say mirror, mirror on the wall. So maybe that also might be where it came from. I don't know. I don't have anything in front of me. So, but anyways, that's Mandela Effect. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, I'm glad I've ruined everyone's day. So, all right. Um, so let's move on. We've got some, uh, I think it's hilarious, but let's get into some real quick spooky news here. All right, Josh, you're going to be doing spooky news as you found this story this week. So uh, what's what's the story here? What do we got? Yeah, so this is uh, being dubbed the uh, Lunar New Deal. Um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, Representative uh, Louis uh, Gohmert of Texas suggested at a congressional hearing that climate change could be combated by altering the orbit of the moon and asked the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management if that's something they could take care of for him. Yeah, we're going to send Superman up there. He's going to push the moon (laughs) away. I mean, yeah, you're right. It will cool down America when you shift it and it screws up the tides in the United States. It's completely covered in water. It's going to cool it down. So um, here's a direct quote. Uh, I was informed by the immediate past director of NASA that they found that the moon's orbit is changing slightly, and so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. We know there's been significant solar flare activity. And so is there anything that the National Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management can do to change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun? Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. Understatement of the century right there. (laughs) Dude, so here we go. Here's people that are anti-climate change uh, in terms of humans doing it, trying to say, hey, no, 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 no. We understand the climate is changing, but it's not our fault (laughs) is essentially what this man is saying. So um, it says here that represented uh, Ted Liu, and I'm probably saying his last name incorrectly, L-I-E-U, but that's what I'm going to go with, um, went to Twitter on Wednesday suggesting that Marvel's comics Captain Marvel could handle the job, um, saying she can alter planetary orbits with her superpowers. I'm going to work on a bipartisan resolution asking for her help. This is where we are this in American politics, answer. people. This is a Democrat <laughs> quoted that, and the Republican did the other thing. We're, we're doomed. <laughs> um, so what's interesting here is that the person who um, they're referencing, the, the former uh, NASA administrator, was um, an individual by the last name of uh, Um And he actually went on to say that he, he did – take the stance initially that um, 
the Earth's orbit or whatever could have been causing climate change. But after actually being appointed by uh, President Trump to his position, he then sat down with climatologists and this is a quote from him, understanding that greenhouse gas emissions are overwhelmingly overwhelmingly responsible for the observed warming allows the scientific community to inform policymakers about how decisions regarding energy sources and land management will determine the amount of future climate change. Um, so he pretty much backed his backed his position up that no, it's really related to amount of crap we're dumping into the atmosphere. So. <clears throat> All right. Okay. And and it just uh, you know this is not necessarily I mean it's related to this article but it's not mentioned here but I mean the moon does move away from the Earth about one inch a mm-hmm. year uh, but I mean it's been doing that for millions of years. Oh yeah, Santosh uh, uh, and I were talking about that. We were talking about once that you know say if like magic is real and the moon is one of those things that the ancients believed kind of magic came from and things like that, or even like these stories of werewolves and things that were affected by the moon. Well, the moon did used to be much closer. And what if its effect was much stronger, right? If there was a magical yeah. effect to it. I mean, there's a lot of studies that have been done that like people in um, uh, uh, psychiatric wards go for lack of a better term, berserk mm-hmm. on full moon evenings. Oh, yeah. My cats go nuts. My dog doesn't, but he's just chillaxed. But my cats yeah. do go nuts on full moon. I mean, they I mean, just I, go crazy. My kids do. I mean, I mean, when we we pretty much watch the cycles of the moon to know when the next full moon is approaching because we know that my kids are going to be extra irritable mm-hmm. and extra cranky and everything else. So, Wait yeah. till they get old enough and uh, they go through their changes and they get in sync with your wife. Well, and wait till that all happens on a full moon, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, you are going to come go, stay with me. I'm going to go live in a hotel for a week. So. <laughs> no, you can come stay with me. I have a guest bedroom for that reason. It says Josh's escape. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, um, you know, I feel like this needs to trend on Twitter. Hashtag Lunar New, Lunar New Deal. <laughs> yeah, it probably already has. We just haven't checked. So, um, but yeah, thank you for that, Josh. And uh, we're hurt, gonna hurry up and get through some uh, our last phase so we can get to Jason McClellan. So let's hurry up and get through some uh, creepy catch up. 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 Y'all, it's creepy. All right, creepy catch up. Uh, I've got a few things, so I'm going to let you go first. I know you said you had something small in yes. your pants. <laughs> no. Um, real <laughs> men make nickels and dimes. You know, real men make twins. That's all I got to say. Um, so last night, we're, the whole house, we're like dead asleep. Cats are on the bed. They're sleeping. All of a sudden, this loud crash comes from somewhere in the house so uh, my wife jumps up to run out and check on things i wear a cpap mask so like i jump up but i really can't go very far so like i'm struggling to get my mask off really quick and, and to see what's going on so i go around and check everything and, and we can't find anything that's out of place um like i went down to the basement and, and checked the closets and everything we can't find anything that's out of place so my wife starts freaking out a little bit because, you know, we do the podcast and I all mm-hmm. talking about spooky stuff and seeing things in the house and so on and so forth. So she starts freaking out a little bit and she's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to sleep. <laughs> so 
I, um, I had a thought and, and I was like, let me go check the bathroom. Cause in, in the uh, bathroom that my kids primarily use, we've got a shelf that suction cups to the wall. Well, it had fallen off at mm. three, three o'clock in the morning. So that's what the noise was. Is hey, so I'm, Still could have been something. Still pushing could have been pushing something or not. Yeah. I mean, you know, but um, so it's just uh, since, you know, I came back and I told her like it was a suction cup thing. It fell off and I had to go tell both my kids it was a suction cup thing. So they wouldn't freak out and not be able to sleep that night. But um, but yeah, it was just it was just funny that. You know, she was starting to freak out about uh, the potentiality of something in the house doing mm-hmm. things. So, well, I find it funny because you know you're the sensitive one now. So, you know, the ghosts or alien or whatever it was knocked that down because they knew you'd go running so that they could go stare at your wife. Well, no, she got up and looked too. Oh, okay, never mind then. I'm just kidding. No, but she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't like dark rooms, so she won't go into a dark room and all the lights are off. So, you know, pretty, pretty, she pretty much makes sure the kids are okay in the hallway, but then I was left to defend, you know, the, the family. If yeah, so I mean, I mean, who really likes the dark room? I mean, if you love a dark room, like, I want to talk to you a minute. Cats like dark rooms. Well, that's because they can see. That's different. <laughs> I mean, he's like, oh, I love this dark room because I got these night vision goggles on. They're fantastic. <laughs> well, most dark rooms aren't really completely dark. I have been in some completely dark. Oh room. yeah, my college, the that apartment that I lived at where you came to visit me, my bedroom yeah. was completely dark and I could not wake up to save my life because we had no windows in the bedroom. Could the not only wake up, man. The only completely dark space that I've ever been in that I was scared shitless was the um Point Pleasant domes, the TNT domes. Yeah, there were a few times, man, especially when uh, somebody was doing Estes and, you know, you're just sitting there and you can't talk and you You can't can't talk. You're just like you're like you're trapped in a dome because if you even make the slightest noise, it was like, cuckoo, cuckoo, (laughs) cuckoo. So it's like you couldn't do anything and you can't look over at the other person because you can't see anything. Can't see anything. That freaking heat vision camera. Yep. Anyways. All right. So (laughs) here's I got a few things. So, okay. um, First of all, um, so this is just odd. I'm still a little weirded out by it, but I was driving to work this morning and there was this section of the highway um, that I was on. Um, Traffic was surprisingly really light this morning. And uh, there was, I mean, there was a good five minutes where I didn't see any other car. Like, and this is during that point where I didn't see any car. I mean, on the other side of the highway I did, but not on mine. right. And I'm driving, dude, and all of a sudden I see this giant, what to me looks like an ice ball, fall out of the sky. Like, I mean, I don't see it from way, way up. I see it as it's kind of like falling. It's adjacent to me to the right and just shatters on the highway. And I look up, not a cloud in the sky. There's no other car. Mm. And by the way, it could have been glass. I don't know. But the way it broke, it looked like ice to me. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I still don't know where it came from. The hmm. only thing I can think of, only thing is that there was one of those highway walls there where there's a residential area behind it. Maybe some kid chucked an ice ball over the wall. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only thing that I can think of. There was no overpass nothing like it's just all of a sudden i'm like what the fuck is that and i'm like oh god thank god it didn't go in front of me like it was to the right of me <laughs> just weird 
Arizona well, so weird. It's 110 degrees at 7 a.m. <laughs> while I'm driving, and here's an ice ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? But you know that um, a lot of Keel's writings talks about uh, things just randomly falling from the sky. Maybe it was like that blue ice where it was like just like <laughs> shit falling from a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it was just spooky. Uh, weird. Uh, anyways, the other thing. Um, so this has been all over local news here. Um, but the other night I was uh, walking my well, the other day it was during the day I was walking Kenobi and I look up and I see what looks like a teardrop in the sky, an upside down teardrop. Mm. OK, uh, almost almost like what you would think a, a hot air balloon would look like, but uh, we have a hot air balloon place over by here, so I know what they look like, and they do not go up that high. If you yeah. look at how big this was, I mean, this was the size, to me, the size of a teardrop. Um, and I was like, what the shit? And, of course, like, I didn't bring my phone, no surprise, and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm watching this just move across the sky, and I'm like, what the heck? And it's going faster than... Uh, than a hot air balloon would go anyways and it's it's pointed at the bottom you know not like a basket sitting under there and i'm like what the hell man and i just i was i was like man i can't wait to tell josh this is gonna be crazy man okay i'm saving it for creepy ketchup y'all creepy ketchup y'all creepy 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 and then uh my dad's like did you see that weather balloon in the sky because my dad's always looking up phoenix news now that uh now that his kids all live here like uh, we didn't there apparently was like a recycling um like a, a car recycling area uh that set on fire and apparently the flame was so high they could see it from space and they could see it from like 19 miles away and none of us even knew about it <laughs> my dad's like did you guys see the fire like oh my god it's all over national news we're like what fire because <laughs> it was on the west side of town people don't understand that phoenix is like 500 square miles like <laughs> yeah massive um but anyway so yeah so here's this news article it was legit and i swear to you on this one it was legit a weather balloon <laughs> so like 100 legit and i'm even like yeah it was a weather balloon like looking at all the pictures and everything you can see it was definitely yeah. a weather balloon well so when you when you first sent <sighs> your your pictures in the the chat i mean it looked like an upside down like plastic bag so right yeah like a like a grocery bag or something so but that explains like why it was moving quicker than a hot air balloon yeah. and, and things like that so yeah but it was all over the news here people were talking about it at work and everything like that and you know and i of course i'm the paranormal guy at work so everybody's sending me like did you see the ufo the other night and i'm like sorry to burst your bubble guys but this was actually a weather balloon they're like yeah they always say that i'm like no yeah, this time it, really it legit was <laughs> well so so one thing though that's really interesting and i think a good thing that is the this event a lot of people were talking about it mm -hmm. yeah. so the the you know the national coverage and everything of all the ufo stuff is really waking people up or this is <coughs> excuse me This is the government sending it out to be like, see, y'all, it's a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I we told about that you too. this whole time. It's a weather balloon. Yeah. Here it is. So, well, and that's, you know, because the because, you know, we haven't really talked about it in, in a minute, but the the report that's, you know, coming out soon 
you know, supposedly the Times got a hold of it early and basically it's it doesn't really contain anything, which I think we talked about it probably was going to be the case. But mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't contain information about extraterrestrials. But we've never been 100 percent on the ET side anyways. But no. I, I, even then, it's here's this stuff that's way beyond. And they even admit that in The New York Times, it's way beyond anything that we have capability for. So where right. did it come from? It had to come from somewhere. So maybe dimensional i mean uh, you know we've talked about that quite a bit yeah. anyways we'll save anyway, that for when the yeah. official report comes out right. um, so the last thing i wanted to talk about was um so you remember a few weeks ago when i told you the story at work about how i saw the old man ghost in the conference room yep well uh that has officially gone around my work um that got sent as a spread like wildfire <laughs> around my work and so now everybody's telling me their own stories of incidences they've had at the place of of my work people are like i was sitting there in a cold chill run up against my leg and i was like sure that's not the air conditioning vent that's right there by your desk (laughs) you know so i'm like over here like debunking shit too um but other than that i mean people have seen other entities and and i've actually had one or two people say they saw an old man in that room as well um in fact had a guy today that i work with um who mentioned that he saw it today asked me what he was wearing um so that he could kind of see if it was the same thing that he saw where are you standing and uh verified that it was um you know so some things like that so yeah it's it's been getting around and people have been coming to me with um their little incidences of, of things like that and asking me what i think so that's kind of cool what you need to do is ask management if you can set up a, a you know like a, a camera a night vision camera mm-hmm. in that room and see if you catch anything right or even do a ghost hunt over the night yeah and that'd be fun um but anyways yeah so that that that's my creepy catch-up hadn't had any in a while and then boom 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 well um, it's, you know it's funny because last last week i had some and you didn't and then yep. so yeah Yep. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so uh, that's creepy catch-up. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and take a very quick uh, break here so we can get uh, a refresher here before we get speaking with uh, Jason McClellan. So please stick around. It'll be just a moment. Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. From Fearscape Media, Peer Beyond the Veil is coming back for a new season this March. We're talking government-sponsored mind control, walking on the edge with DMT, wild occultism and deep parapsychology, along with our signature blend of extraterrestrialism, supernaturalism, and cryptid chasing. Bringing you a brand new roster of fascinating guests, each with their own stories and theories on the wild and the wonderful. Peer Beyond the Veil. Find us wherever there's darkness. All right, and uh, thank you guys so much for sticking around after the break. As promised, we have the um, the pilot of his own UFO himself, Jason McClellan, here with us. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, you do everything, man. Author, podcaster, producer, TV personality. 
I mean, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Fearscape, man. Quadruple threat. <laughs> I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. Super pumped, man. We are super pumped, too. We've been talking about it like all week. We're like, Jason's coming on, man. What, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, we're going to get into we trouble. We don't plan it. We don't plan it. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. You can't plan. You can't. No, plan. You don't. I do improv on the uh, as my other oh. thing, and I uh, planning scares me. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we plan is just to have people on for the conversations. But yeah, that's about it. This so. is true. This is true. Um, so uh, for for those who uh, maybe not familiar with you, if you want to just take a little bit and what's a elevator speech for who is Jason McClellan? Jason McClellan is weird. Amen. I mean, that's what I spectacular. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a strange guy, and I like strange things. I'm a I'm I'm a curious individual who considers myself a, an explorer of the strange. Uh, I've worked professionally as a UFO researcher and journalist. Did that for about eight years, and I'm one of the few people in the world who can say that because you know, for most people, UFOs is a hobby, and you know, some people make their money doing it, but you know, they do it here and there or do Patreon yeah. campaigns or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was actually paid a salary, full benefits, everything by somebody to help start a UFO company, and did that for for you know, almost uh, seven years, I guess. Was it? Um, was it? Was it Animantium Holdings? Just curious. No, no. no. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but. Yeah. G and G. But, I mean, UFOs, that's, that's oh, primarily yeah. what, I've, what I've latched my, uh, my saddle to and uh, continued doing that going on almost 15 years now. You know, I, I wrote a book. I'm writing another book, TV shows, all sorts of UFO craziness, and I love it. And that's why we love you. Um, but you remind me, too, because, you know, we had R- Ralph Blumenthal on a few weeks ago, New York Times journalist who yeah. fell into UFO stuff because of John Mack and things like that. Like, right. And so it's interesting. Here's a guy that spent his lifetime as a non-believer mm-hmm. who was telling us he's like, I'm not a believer anymore, but I'm telling you, I believe these things. <laughs> that's funny. Very interesting. So I love having someone who, um, well, I guess that ask, I'm assuming here, but, uh, you know, were you into this stuff before you got into uh, the journalism aspect? Being paid to do it. Right. Or was that what spawned you to go, oh, shit, this is might be real. (laughs) It really is. I mean, I I describe it as UFOs landing in my lap because they really did. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had an interest growing up um, like many people do. And Mm -hmm. I grew up in Arizona in the outskirts of Phoenix, remote desert location, you see this the sky, great, yeah. oh, great yeah. sky viewing. Um, obviously, I was here for the Phoenix Lights. We were going to ask. Um, <laughs> yep. We can talk about that later. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a sci-fi kid. I grew up loving, loving uh, sci-fi movies and television shows. Star Trek Next Generation was my show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that interest. I always had that interest. And like I said, growing up where I had a great view of the night sky, I would spend a lot of time staring up the sky, wondering, you know, about life out there and all that. I would see strange things in the sky because I camped a lot. Um, but it was just that that sort of casual interest that I think everybody has. But it wasn't until I was hired by an individual specifically for the purpose of helping him start a UFO company. And then we got the company rolling that I dove down that rabbit hole because I had to get up to speed. I was being paid to do this. I, right. I needed to be able to converse 
intelligently about this, and it was my job to research, write about it, and to interact with all the leading researchers in the field. I mean, because part of that, that company, we ran the largest UFO conference in the world. So, you know, we had open communication with these researchers all the time. We had them, uh, invited them as speakers. So I had a lot of interaction with these people over the years. And, you know, most of the leading researchers in the UFO field, I consider friends today. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, I would imagine that in that capacity, uh, you probably spent a lot of time looking at um, more uh, factual information. What what can be proven uh, as opposed to what I would specify as like theoretical information as to what the ideas might be. Um, how do you kind of come down? Do you come down personally on one side or the other more of a I'm a facts first or it's okay to, to think about what could be? I'm very scientifically minded and I <laughs> You know, I've been 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 referred to as Scully many times, but uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with know, that. You look beautiful. <laughs> oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm a very scientifically minded person, so I, I do do enjoy looking at things um, from that perspective. But also, I'm a journalist, and I approach things journalistically, um, and I think that's how responsible journalists and researchers need to approach UFOs. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be approached journalistically. They need to be viewed with an open mind. And with UFOs, it's hard to follow the evidence because yes. evidence is hard to come by when it comes to UFOs. A lot right. of UFO evidence, uh, you know, rests on witness testimony. Witness yep. testimony is great. It, yeah. It's great with UFOs. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to read. But at the end of the day, it's still just somebody saying that something right. happened to them yeah, or you know, somebody describing it. it you know when you, you talk to, to to attorneys courts of law people like to blow this out of proportion and say oh you can convict somebody based on eyewitness testimony and yeah kind of but most attorneys most judges know that eyewitness, eyewitness testimony is garbage it really is because we're all fallible memory is right. terrible you can have three people witness a car accident and you'll get three different explanations or descriptions of what happened what color the car was you know all these details um, our memories are not perfect and we all see things through different eyes yeah. so you have to keep that stuff in mind I, I do think witness testimony is incredibly valuable when it comes to UFOs but you have to keep in mind that's all it is it's supporting evidence right but that that's part of what makes UFOs so frustrating. And I always try to remind people that and bring them to reality. UFOs are frustrating. If you're right. not ready to be frustrating and prepared to never get an answer, I mean, you well, probably shouldn't be into UFOs. So. We, t we talk about quite a bit that I think a lot of people uh, that have experiences of their own, um, that experience is, is really meant for them. I mean, granted, you can share it with anybody who wants to listen, but it's probably not going to convince that person one way or the other. Yeah. And, and, you know, the only thing that's going to convince them one way or the other is when they have their own experience. Um, so any, any experience uh, sharing that occurs is really just to, sh to let other people know that it's okay yes. that you have these experiences. You're not alone. Absolutely. Well, and it's Absolutely. also it's also like what people want to believe. I mean, it's like, um, you know, you had mentioned it, but it's like I, I listen to a lot of true crime and my God, how many 
false convictions have there been um things like that like the memphis three for example they no one there was no physical evidence at all yet they all got convicted of murder um and you know but there are groups i go to a lot of these different facebook groups to read what people say and all this stuff and they're maybe but these people said this and they said that yet if you were to say these people said they saw a flying saucer in the sky they'd be like oh well that's malarkey It's amazing what people will decide what they believe what others say, right? Right. That's a big thing with UFOs. You know, you, you have to really be careful not to fall in that trap and mm-hmm. and blindly follow things that that fit your desired outcome mm-hmm. or, or your personal belief. And you have to be open to change what you believe. That's the thing with, with taking witness testimony, taking any sort of evidence there is with any particular UFO case. And... You add that to your pile of evidence that you've accumulated right. over the years, and you weigh it. You decide whether you're going to add that to your your personal pile of evidence and and let that affect your beliefs, or you're going to discard it and move on. But you have to be able to be fluid with with something like UFOs and and your belief in UFOs because evidence that comes down the road, you know, you have to be able to weigh that. Um, you know, realistically and openly with an open mm-hmm. mind to to if if your your aim is the truth, you know, if you're genuinely interested right. in finding out what something really is, that's what you have to do. If you're just trying to make things fit to what you believe, yeah. well, that's that's a problem you have to deal with. Right. That's well, and, and, I, and I would and I would say that um, <laughs> where we are today, I think, or probably in the last uh, 10 years or so, and, and especially in the last uh, three years, um, <clears throat> that it, it's no longer a question of do you believe in UFOs? It's a question of uh, what do you believe is controlling the UFOs? Um, and so, you know, I, like I noticed you've got the, the I want to believe poster behind you, which I have uh, one in my other room. But, it, you know, and that has the picture of the UFO and it's iconic from, you know, uh, uh, X-Files and such. But that's no longer the question. Uh, you know, we pretty much the world has said UFOs are real. Now the question is, why are they here? What do they want? What's controlling them? I won't say who, but what's controlling them? Um, and then exploring all of those different avenues. Yeah, that's such a great point. And this is something that I love to discuss because, yes, you are absolutely 100% correct that the question is no longer are UFO real. We know UFOs are real. We know it. It's it's not something that is something that we have to ponder and consider and form our personal opinions about. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. However, we're not beyond that question. We're not beyond that point because still to this day, despite everything that's happening with the, the latest flap, the, all the buzz that's going on with UFOs right now, to the general public, that is still the question we're stuck at. Right. The general public is still back at that very basic level of are UFOs real? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think for a lot of people though, it's because for so long UFO and ET has been coupled together. Uh, it's been married really, and so right. we we need to uh, think first break that apart societally. We need to say UFO does not equal ET. It does not equal. Uh, interdimensional being or whatever the case may be. It's just something in the sky that our governments of the world have said it's not ours. Therefore, it is undefined. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. And in, 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 unidentified is the very first part of it. So. Right. 
that is that's why I've always been no you you there is no believing in UFOs it is something that is unidentified that means even if it's a plane that somebody saw right that is essentially a UFO until they discover information on it so. right absolutely and that is true but there are still a lot of people a big percentage yeah. of the 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 general public yeah. who won't even get to that point because in their minds there's no way there could be anything flying in our airspace that we don't that know about our our military and our yeah. government doesn't know exactly what it is at all times that that's that's the hurdle that we still haven't gotten over yet we're still yeah. back at so the very initial stage yeah. We joke about it all the time. My sister's a medium. She can speak to spirits, people that have gone on. She sees ghosts. She sees all these things. But if you bring up UFO, she's like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, wait, really? Wow. Like, yeah. you're, you believe, you think you saw Sasquatch Squatch once. You talked to grandma, but a UFO is just a little too out there. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Wow. Well, and, and you all have uh, even, Stefan, uh, you and her even saw one uh, a couple weeks back. Oh, right? I know. We saw it together. And she fought me the whole time. And I <laughs> gave her, I was like, this is too high in the sky. Look where the clouds are sitting. It's going behind the clouds. Those are the, whatever the type of clouds that are the highest and the thinnest. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, mm. and it was in the daytime, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is like super rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it'd be interesting, you know, maybe you can ask her sometimes. But, you know, I, I wonder if. Her disbelief in UFO again is 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 tied to uh, the the preposition, if you will, that UFO is tied to ET, um, and, and more than likely, yeah. So I mean, we you know, we have to somehow, way, shape, or form, we have to break that apart. You know, it's interesting that you talk about um, the belief that our government is uh, is all knowing. Uh, is omnipotent in some way <laughs> um, and, um, and and must know everything that's going on. And and so if we haven't heard about it, then it must not be happening or it must not be true. But, <clears throat> I mean, those same people also lived through a lot of times when there were secrets kept about experimental our aircraft that later came out, you know, the, the right. Blackbird. And Ultra, and later, all kinds you know. of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just. Um, again, talking about what Stefan said around what people are willing to accept and believe is so, um, I don't know, I, for lack of a better term, weird as to, you know, where people come down on things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's hard to, to break people, you know, from what they're, what they're used to, what they've, what they've established as their reality. Um, you know, and that's another important thing too, and certainly something that I've adopted in, in my role in the UFO world. And that is helping people understand that UFOs is not a religion, right? It's, you know, no matter what my role is in the UFO community, whether I'm a a journalist or whatever I'm doing at the time, it is not my job to force people to believe or force people to think a certain way. That is certainly not my job and certainly shouldn't be anybody else's job either. It's not a religion. People can think what they want. I just present people with information and let people make up their own minds because that's what everybody has to do on this topic. It's an individual thing. People are going to think whatever they want to think. I'm not going to tell them how to think and nobody else should either. And if somebody's telling you how to think, you should run the other way. Well, in all all actuality, um, I don't think there's uh, probably a person 
I won't say on the planet because there may be other things on the planet, but um, but a person in our government, let's say, that really knows anything more than what the general public knows about uh, UFOs and UAPs. And I think that's what this report that we're all waiting to hear hear about is probably going to say is that, you know, we basically don't know any more than what we said we don't know. Um, now give us, you know, $40 million and we'll go find out. Um, so I, I'm with you. I've, I've always been, not always, but I, I my present thought on that issue is that the U.S. government does not really know anything about UFOs. And the reason I believe that is because you can't really know anything about UFOs. Yeah. UFOs by nature are these unknown <laughs> right. things right. and they're not all grouped together. Every single UFO is different. So different. They get grouped into a phenomenon, right. but every UFO is different. Just because you can identify this UFO or say, hey, we, lear we learned this about UFO, th this UFO over here, that doesn't mean you've solved the UFO problem. It's an right. unsolvable problem. Every UFO is different. So, I mean, the whole exercise right now just seems kind of silly to me. And, and I question motives for sure. And, and that's based on history. We look at what yep. the U.S. government has done historically, not only with UFOs, but so many other things like you mentioned mk ultra and all these other things mm -hmm. i mean that's how the government operates that's what they do and that's certainly part of part of military and keeping secrets and things and i think they should keep secrets i mean that's part of being military and right and maintaining a, a strategic advantage but you know it's it's interesting it really is well, to watch everything that's going on right now well i don't i don't see how um you know we we have these the videos that uh you know came out in 2017 mm -hmm. and then all the stuff that's been released since it shows that technologically speaking, we are far lacking in being able to we, we can barely capture images of these things as they're flying through the sky. Right. How can we possibly know anything about them? Hmm? Right. I mean, we, we don't have yet, any craft yet at the same time. If it's a fuzzy video, they're like, why is it always fuzzy? And if it's a clear video, they're like, that's obviously it must be special CGI. effects. So <laughs> it's a lose lose situation. Well, that's, that's right. And again, when it comes down to evidence and the things you weigh, you have to weigh those individually, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because that's what we have to work with. We can decide if this clear video is something, you know, kind of spectacular and worth considering, or we can rule it out and say that's obviously fake. But everybody has to make that determination for themselves. And right now, I mean, the, the comments, the verification or authentication coming from the Pentagon doesn't mean anything to me personally, because number one, they very carefully craft the messaging that's sent out. It's right. done for a purpose. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's very bizarre to watch how this unfolds and you know with the the videos that are coming out they're not saying anything they're saying yeah we we know that navy personnel shot took the photo or yeah. shot the video but that's it that doesn't mean anything right. well it's interesting my so my dad is retired air force and um he was <clears throat> went in he went in in 72 and then retired in like 2015 i think so I, I asked him um, the other day, because he's never really been open to talking about it at all, but hmm. I tested the waters and I said, hey, Dad, uh, when you were in, did you ever see anything that you couldn't, couldn't explain? And he said, I never did, but the pilots would come back all the time talking about seeing stuff over the ocean. And so I said, well, did you all have a methodology where you report such things? He's like, oh, yeah, we had a we had a you know, it was in the handbook. So, right. I mean, that just reaffirms that, you know, the military has never stopped looking into these things no. they've always had an opportunity and a, a way for pilots to report mm -hmm. them they just wasn't publicly available and look i mean 
it's packaging right now what we're seeing and, and what people are expecting because it's a no-brainer that the Air Force and the other branches of the military obviously look into UFOs. They obviously have procedures for it. That's what the military does. Right. <laughs> right. There's an unknown. They're on top right. of it. Right. They're looking into it. That's what the military does. Um, you go back to, I mean, there, there are handbooks that were given to cadets in the 70s, I think, late 70s, that talked about UFOs, like really long chapter about UFOs, and even talked about alien spacecraft. I mean, (laughs) people are getting hyped about right now, about the Pentagon saying, yes, that video shows something that we don't know what it is, AKA UFOs are real. But I mean, this has been part of Air Force operating procedure yeah. forever. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, and this isn't the first time the government's come clean before, and then years later take it all back. And it, yep. I, they will probably take it all back again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have Condon Jr. is going to do a report uh, and say it's all fake. So exactly, yeah. and isn't that funny? That uh, I mean, I, I've seen uh, UC Boulder getting in on the UFO hype. They've been publishing articles lately mm-hmm. and, and hyping their Condon collection that people can go. Yeah. And see, yep. and I want to go to that collection because it sounds awesome. I had no idea how much content is actually in that collection. I didn't know they kept a Condon collection, first yeah, of all. Same. But they have they have actual like film footage of mm. of UFOs that they they reviewed. Um, they've got a ton of of microfilm and and just thousands and thousands of pages of documents that I would love to just go and like dive into for a month and get road lost trip. In. Yeah, Yeah, really. Um, And and, uh, it's interesting, too, because um, all of that stuff was compiled as a part of that Condon effort, but yet they ultimately came down on, you know, it's not real, it's not really a thing, or whatever the case may be. same with... And that killed Project Project Blue Book. Book. Right, Right. That's what killed Project Blue Book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, there's so many parallels, and when you're into the UFO field for a while, you learn that things are very cyclical. Things come around, and come around again, and come around again. People don't pay attention to history, but this has all happened before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's it's probably going to happen again. Like you Mm -hmm. said, I mean, this is the exact setup, basically, for Condon. So they'll make a determination, say, we need to launch a study into this. They'll find some university to do a study, and they'll come out with their findings and say, eh, yeah, there's some weird stuff. We we don't know what it is, but you know, through all of our studying, we've learned nothing scientifically. It's not worth the money to keep doing this. So, meh. Bye bye well, UFO study. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I've I've been Sorry. kicking around a little bit, um, and I and I wondered because the the part for me that that feels like maybe this time around is different is the Brookings report um, <clears throat> that you know it basically said you can't tell people now because they'll overreact they won't be able to handle it but we've had a slow trickle if you will of information over the last three years um, uh, the. I don't know if, if it's related, but I think it's interesting, you know, the establishment of the Space Force uh, during that time and everything else. in like people well, haven't also lost their minds. All the generations here have all been inundated with pop culture more so than ever right. before. Um, and they have grown used to sci-fi and things like that. Oh, so, absolutely. No, that's a great point because I, I speak a lot at like Comic-Cons and stuff. Um, and I, I much prefer speaking at Comic-Cons um, to UFO conferences. UFO conferences are great, but I love the, the pop culture crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are so, so open to this topic and speaking to, to 
the younger people in the audience, it's like a no brainer for them. Like they, they don't, they, they're confused when they think, yeah. why are we even talking about this? Obviously aliens are real. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously UFOs are real. Right. They just like go like even, even like deep down rabbit hole, crazy stuff. Like to them, it's just like no brainer. That's reality. Of course. Right. Yeah. Of course, well, my dad showed me Jacob's ladder. I've seen it. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and so one of the things that I was uh, thinking about a couple of weeks back was, um, is uh, to the Stars Academy uh, with uh, Tom DeLong, is that the um, uh, information dissemination agent? Is there a series of films and things that are coming uh, that are on their slate to be released? Is that the means in which the populace will learn about uh, what these UFOs are? It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. I mean, you, you know, you. you you never know what's going on, and certainly when the the military is involved and there there are government agendas, you don't know. And yeah, I full disclosure, I did work for To the Stars. I was right. hired we by Tom that, DeLong yeah. to help start that company. Um, but I will say, and, and Tom made it clear. He said he said in many many interviews that the reason the doors were open for him was because he went in with the message that he could help sort of reverse. The, the, the public opinion of government when it comes to UFOs. Mm. And look at today, what has happened? Now right. all of a sudden, we're, we're, everybody's waiting on the government and, and believing everything they're saying about yeah. UFOs. Right. And now they're, they're the good guys. They're, they they want to be transparent, which by the way, they've never said they do. That's part of the narrative that's yeah. being created by fans. But, you know, so they are working with To The Stars there's I'm I'm excited for their video content that's that's in oh, the world. Oh, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> All their TV wait. and film projects, it's going to be rad. But you know who knows? And and certainly when military is involved, um, military does control a lot of, of yeah. the content and, and and the the narrative and what's put out. Uh, they do that with feature films. They have to sign off mm-hmm. on stuff if you're going to include military and things like that. Um, even with the show Unidentified that was on History, to get you know active duty people to talk on camera they have to be cleared all that stuff yeah. has to be okayed right. to be on tv um so it is a controlled narrative it is um i certainly don't don't think for a second that tom DeLong is a a disinformation agent or no, I, you know yeah. anything like that intentionally you know you never know what what right. you're being used for he is truly passionate about this subject he is such a well-read guy i love tom and i think he's done done great things and i think he gets a lot of a lot of flack because he's a rock star sure um and you know with with lou leaving and and chris leaving right yeah um but you know i I think tom's amazing i think he's incredibly passionate when it comes to this subject and i am so stoked for for the video stuff to come out i am too i was gonna actually ask about that about lou and chris leaving like that seemed really odd to me and um surprising And, and so now i'm like i'm curious as to your thoughts on the reasoning behind that because it almost feels like they're almost distancing themselves now from it um, while at the same time still kind of playing up to it. It's possible, but look, I mean, think about how quickly they appeared, mm-hmm. right? One day <laughs> we get this announcement, all of a sudden there are these mysterious people on stage with Tom DeLonge, or where did this guy come from? <laughs> magic, right, right. Magically just quit the Pentagon and, you know, <laughs> so they magically appeared and then they are magically gone. I I think this was the roadmap for them personally. You know, okay. that's my yeah. thought. I think they had this this goal in mind, and look what they're doing. I mean, they're they're more in the 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 uh, 
you know, being activists and, and trying to create change um, within Congress, and, and they're doing that. So, Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one of the things that I've talked about before is that we, uh, the military over the last, well, pretty much since, you know, uh, 9-11, we have, the military has done a lot of contract-based uh, projects. I mean, probably before then as well, but really it, it, it really ramped up after 9-11 to, to, to hire contracting companies to, to handle a lot of those projects. And so, you know, it's possible that uh, to the stars is just they have the they have the contract now with the government for dissemination of information. I mean, it's just it's very possible that that's the case. So. And look, I mean, it, to the stars and, and Tom DeLonge, they're 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 certainly great vehicles. I mean, I, I see the appeal. I would jump on that if yeah. I were presented with that option. So I'm not uh, I'm not sure. knocking anybody. I'm, I'm I'm a little jealous, honestly. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, and it almost seems like, you know, they are two different avenues. I mean, it, it, you know, To the Stars is very education-based. It's, it's it's entertainment at the same time and things like that, where it seems like Lou and Chris are going to move towards a more, um, like I said, governmental kind of political type movement. Um, while they both still could, you know, cross some gray areas, uh, it feels like, to me, I, I feel like we're going to hear something soon that Lou and Chris are attached to um, that's a little more official. I think we're going to find that soon, you know, especially knowing that at one point he was part of a government project. Well, of course, there's all that all that uh, junk that's floating around about, you know, from the uh, Department of Defense. Was Lou actually a part of? Any oh, program? I know. Yeah. So and and all of his emails being deleted mysteriously. Yeah. It's 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 really weird. The whole thing is very bizarre. Um, and, you know, they've got the inspector general investigation or evaluation going on right now. They right. can turn into an investigation. So, I mean, there's so much of a mess going on right now. Yeah. Who knows it's, what's it, it's yeah, it's it's really um, it's really odd to figure out, which is, I guess, the one of the things about government. It's really odd to figure out what the government's play here is, because on on one side, they're talking about this report. But then on the other side, they're also you know, saying Lou never really worked for us and he never did anything for us. And we're going to investigate this program because it was overfunded and it didn't really do anything and so on and so forth. But it's, it's almost like they're, they're covering all their bases. So no matter how this comes out, right. They're going to win <laughs> some way, you know, they're, they're betting every horse, so to speak. Yeah. It, it hurts my head trying to think <laughs> about what, what their plan is here, what's going yeah. on. Ugh, um, sure. I mean, people love to, love to feel self-important and think they forced the government's hand into to commenting about yeah. UFOs and, and all of this. I mean, they don't need to do anything, right? right. They, they could have just shut up, let people mm -hmm. do their own thing, and that's fine, because who cares what a bunch of people on, on social media are saying? The government certainly <laughs> doesn't. Yeah. But at, at, at the same time, they've kind of always talked about UFOs, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've always been in the UFO game. They've always used UFOs to their advantage. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand why they needed to change things up, but I mean, they're <laughs> still still following their playbook. It's a, a different yeah. page, but it's still their playbook. Mm -hmm. So I, I was curious, sorry, Stefan, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, I'm gonna completely flip the script so you can uh, go on there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna ask um, because we we talk about it a lot of times that there are two camps 
um, in, in the UFO discussion. There's the uh, To the Stars or Lou Elizondo camp that potentially that all these things are a threat. We need to investigate them and figure out what the threat is. And then there's the Dr. Stephen Greer side of the house, which is every, you know, these 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 beings mean us no harm and they want to help us and so on and so forth. And we all need to, to meditate. Every UFO is sacred. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and and. And, you know, and it's people tend to go one side or the other. Everybody who's really for Greer is against everything. That yeah, stars we're like, and, we like it both. <laughs> yeah. So just just curious where you come down on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, we could talk about the million camps there are. Oh, I know, because I was going to bring oh, it yeah. to Alexander who thinks <laughs> yes, no, there are millions, sky, right? <laughs> millions of camps. But yes, with those two, um, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, they don't really work together because you can't have all be this way or all be that way. Right. And again, every UFO is different. But, yep. right. but I mean, think about what Lou's position is. Think about what their angle is. That is a military perspective. That's all they care about. They're not right. worried about you know anything else except defense. That's what they right. do. That is their purpose. So they're always evaluating things as potential threats. And obviously it's not it's a no-brainer. And again, this is not something that you need to get philosophical about. Obviously if there's something in the air in your airspace and you can't identify it, it's a potential threat. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like yeah. a swimming pool in Phoenix, if you don't have a fence around it, it's a potential threat, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, that's what it is. They're looking at it from a military standpoint. That's all they do. That's what the UAP task force is doing. Right. They're looking at things, and again, that's why the scope of the report is so, so specific, so narrow, and why the the the, scope, the the purpose of the UAP task force is limited to looking at like military training ranges. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at right. everywhere. They're not including information from e even other government entities like the FAA, you would think they would, but it has nothing to do with that. They are laser focused on military training ranges right. and things from a military standpoint. So right. looking at potential threats makes perfect sense because that's what the military does. They don't care if you want to go and go off in the desert with a muscly dude and sing songs and hold hands and call in your friend ET with a flashlight. <laughs> you know, military you know. doesn't care about that. Go yeah, have well. fun. Well, well it is, and it's like thousands of dollars. And it's the difference, too. I mean, it's like you look at the difference between an organization like ATIP versus, say, like MUFON, right? It's like mm -hmm. a civilian organization. You know, we want to look at the even Greer. It's like, well, we want to find out what they are and what they can be and how they're doing this and what they're doing. And is it is there life out there? And, yeah, the military is like, uh, we need to make sure we're protected. Yeah, I mean, so they might have it, that yeah. individually. They might have that interest, too. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the government does. Right. I mean, I could think of crazy examples like, I mean, if your job is to work at a car wash and somebody's asking why you're not working and working on and worried about world peace, that's nice. I'm not saying right. me as a car washer, I'm not interested in those things or concerned about them, but that's not my job. I'm here right. to wash cars. Yep. Well, and Everybody and loves Heineck, but that's what he was doing too originally was trying to find out if they were a threat. I mean, that's what he was doing. So. Right. Well, and, and it's also, I mean, I don't, this bill uh, that included this report or requirement likely wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a need to investigate a threat because the government is not going to fund, to your point, 
uh, a retreat for everybody, every, you know, every, a member of every family in America to go into the desert and sing Kumbaya and meditate. Hands across yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens across America. Is <laughs> um, so to get back to what I was going to say, and we mentioned it once already is uh, the new term UAP. We hear that a lot. Um, we have always looked at it as interchangeable as UFO and UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. But I wanted to give you guys a quote from Twitter because it's still one of my favorites from Johnny L. Tenney. We love him. Um, he says, it's kind of odd that people who dislike using the term UFO because of all its baggage and everything and have made it one of their goals to have everyone use the more fashionable UAP still embrace the hashtag UFO Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so great? what do you feel about, you know, the new term UAP? Do you feel like it's there to replace or it represents something very different than UFO? Well, I, I, I will share with you guys that uh, that's certainly going to be a big element of the book I'm working on right now. But <laughs> Spoiler but alert. <laughs> first, first of all, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a misconception that, that UAP is new terminology. It's not. I mean, the military was using it back in the 40s. So it's been used quite a lot, quite heavily, and in the government. Um, it was actually used by a lot of early UFO organizations. A lot of UFO organizations preferred that terminology um, because they wanted to be taken more seriously or whatever. Right. But, uh, you know, aerial phenomena was, was used a lot with uh, UFO organizations. Yeah. But before that, it was used by the military, and it's been used by militaries and governments around the world. So it's not a new thing. Um, I am firmly in camp UFO because that's my interest, Right. right. People people like UAP because it's broad. It's all right. encompassing. Mm-hmm. Like if we're looking at some like disturbance in the sky that's not like an uh, an object or anything solid, then that falls into the category of a phenomena. Right. You know? Like we said, so, Krista Alexander who does lights in the sky, she very much supports UAP for that yeah. reason. So so that that makes sense. But you know, I'm my personal interest and my focus is not on that stuff. If there is some stuff like that that I find yeah. interesting, I'm going to write about or do something about and talk about, I'm going to talk about whatever it is. I'm not going to call it, you know, UFO or try to group it into everything else. Right. But I talk about UFOs. So I say UFO. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, and that's something that people found out, even the UFO organizations back in the 70s, um, you know, people using this term, that's the problem that you have. You see every media outlet now writing stories about the UAP task force and all the stuff that's going on, and they have to say, UAP, the new term for UFO, you have to always follow it and explain what you're talking about. Why? Why is anything worth that? Get rid of it and just say what you're talking about. It's a UFO. Hell yes. <laughs> well, and, and, I, I'm Camp UFO. Hell yeah, we are too. <laughs> we, All right, mean, and it's and it's um, you know, I think I think where people were trying to go with UAP, at least in current modern day usage, was to get past the um the societal you know uh, taboo yeah. that's yep. associated with the term UFO. Right. Uh, but to your point, if you have to explain every time you write about it, UAP means UFO, then are you really getting away from anything? Well, and it's right? like Alan Alan Greenfield talked to us about back in the day when he was doing his, you know, UFO zines and stuff, how there was this major split in the community between UFO enthusiasts and contactees, you know, that that was very taboo, you know, as well to talk about being a contactee and, and things yeah. like that. And so now here we are, you know, 40 years later, the same thing that now just the term UFO is the taboo. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, interestingly, as we mentioned before about how everything in UFOs is cyclical. Yeah, there you this, go. This same thing was was met back in in the forties with, um, you know, when when Project Blue Book, when Pro- Project Sign and Grudge, that that's an issue they faced too. When um, you know they came up with the term UFO, they wanted to use the term UFO to get away from flying saucer because of the baggage associated right. with flying saucer. So they went through the same thing. That's interesting. Not, I didn't, not I didn't to mention, not every UFO is saucer shaped. So that's right. <laughs> but they saucer is the best shape. Yeah, some it look is some look best. like Tylenol gel caps, and some look like. Well, <laughs> I, I, I will on, on that topic. I will say, you know, I am in camp UFO, but I'm also in camp cigar shaped. I yeah. will never call UFOs Tic Tac shaped or Tic Tac UFOs. Yeah. To me, they will always be cigar shaped UFOs. Same. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, for, for me too. For me, it's hard to because when you when you hear Tic Tac shaped UFO, for some reason, my mind immediately goes to well, it was kind of small then. Right. But um, but really, when you hear the description of how big it was, it was actually really big. I mean, so yeah. the the tic tac shaped UFO was still the size of an aircraft carrier. So um, and that's something I think that gets glossed over, especially in a lot of the um, reenactments. Uh, re- reenactments. Oh, dude, they that, look like ha- like less than half the size of the. Jet. Yeah. <laughs> Here yeah. it comes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why everybody's like, oh, it's just a drone because, you know, it's the size of a of a of a flying house cat. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the government and media and all that stuff, they are incredible in using certain words to purposefully dissuade you. You know what I mean? So it's like because it's like, here's this Tic Tac. Oh, that's neat. So there is a UFO. But if they were to constantly talk about how large it was, that creates the fear. Right. And they're trying to stay away from panic. Yeah. The monstro UFO. The monstro. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, a, it's a jujube. Uh, it's a jujube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did. You mentioned it. And so we have to ask about, um, of course, the Phoenix lights, because, you know, uh, how can you not? <laughs> and um, Phoenix lights was awesome, man. Yeah, and so did you get a chance to see that? Do you remember that? Is that a thing? Yeah, so, I mean, this is so long ago. Right. Again, we talk about memory Memory. and witness testimony and all of this stuff. And I love people who talk about sightings that happened, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And they, like, know every single detail, every second of, you know, the day, what they were doing. And Give me a break. I don't even remember what I had for dinner last night. Yeah. But... But for what I can recall, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I think I was 17 at the time, and I was outside, and I saw a series of lights just kind of hover, hovering stationary right over my head, basically. Probably, hard to say, but probably 15,000 feet, I don't remember, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of high, but extremely bright, extremely bright, um, not pulsing at all, not, not changing in, in, in color or brightness or anything. They just remain the same, same color, same shape, same position in the sky. And I knew it was out of the ordinary. And, and again, I don't remember exactly how many, there were probably mm-hmm. somewhere between five and seven lights, um, but they were just there. And I stood and just stared at these things for a long time. I even um, managed to grab a camcorder and record for a while, uh, you know, so I, I 
had footage at one time. I no longer have that footage because I was a 17-year-old kid. It was not my camera, and I had young brothers, and I'm sure my parents recorded a soccer game over the Phoenix Lights. <laughs> but but I, I watched this thing. I recorded it. I knew it was out of the ordinary. I went inside. Um, I remember seeing it on the news, and I was like, huh, I just saw that. Went back outside. So I, best I can remember, those lights were there, at least when I observed them, for approximately 40 minutes mm. is what I saw. 40 minutes. And then another time I came out, they were, they were just gone. So I didn't see them leave or anything. But stationary lights just hovering motionless, silent in the sky for 40 minutes. So in the end, I don't know, you know, think about retrospectively. Um, when you saw that at, at 17, uh, did you have any, uh, I don't know, a directionally life-altering, uh, you know, thing that happened to you that, that changed your way of thinking that has ever forever, you know, affected your life? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, I certainly, it's just any, like anything else that I encounter in life that's, you know, a new experience. And I go, wow, I have no explanation for that. That is fascinating. Mm. That is strange. I want to know what that is. But, you know, it, it certainly didn't impact me in mm. any meaningful way. Um, but I was confident that I was seeing something that I'd never seen before. I've certainly never seen it since. I mean, I've seen lots of UFOs <laughs> yeah. that I haven't been able to identify. Yeah, right. I, I say about a dozen to this point. I've seen probably 12 UFOs. Um, but that one was really strange and you know, knowing what I know now, it, it even it, it makes it stronger in my mind that I have no idea what it was. Even with all mm. of the the experience I have in the field of UFOs, with analyzing thousands of photos and videos over the years, um, you know, I'm really good at, at finding explanations mm. for UFOs. Yeah. Um, but that one still to this day I can't explain and yeah. you know people love to, to point out the, the military flares yeah, but whatever. I was in a unique position to know that that's not what I saw mm -hmm. because where I grew up I had a good line of sight basically to the Barry Goldwater test range where they dropped flares all the time I knew what flares looked like right. I yeah. saw them all the time and guys flares don't stay in the sky for 40 minutes no um, I, I just I pictured you as a 17 year old kid like Spock going out there. Hmm. Fascinating. fascinating. <laughs> it was exactly uh, my response. But uh, it was a really fascinating. And I had my hands year. behind my back too. I just right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fascinating year that year. I mean, you remember that was also the year of Hale Bob, and uh, so right. we're all around the same age. Josh and I graduated high school in '97, and so um, I remember this being all. You guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like a year being, older than I am. Come on. <laughs> well, Josh is technically a year older than that. So, um, but yeah, uh, I can remember this being on the news and just my mind was blown and of course I'm thinking God does this have anything to do with hail bop were they here to watch that yeah. you know was that going on and then we're from Kentucky so we were already inundated with goblins everywhere we're always worried that the <laughs> goblins <laughs> nice. come out of the sky and get you yeah. um, and so because of the Kentucky goblins there but yeah just yep. what a fascinating year if you really think about it and there and you know i would love to go back um now and look back and see the flaps that appeared that year with all those circumstances you know like a, go back and do some keel re type research and take a look well and and i i can't remember what books i've read so many lately um but there's a book that talks about somebody compiled all of the uh, ufo sighting information that's that's been recorded 
I guess since whenever it started being recording, and they applied an AI algorithm over top of it, and they can look at it and have predicted that the next major flap will happen somewhere around the year 2030. Um, and again, I, I can't I can't remember exactly what book that was. I'm gonna have to go find. I do it recall now. you talking about that though. Um, but yeah, so it's just uh, you know I, I would say that you know we we're seeing trickle events like we haven't really had what I would denote as a flap per se, uh, but we're seeing definitely trickle events that happen over the country all the time. And we would get those MUFON reports that, you know, there's like 4,000 sightings a month that happen in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're also introducing a lot of things um, artificial in our own environment that are oftentimes misidentified as UFOs, such as like Starlink and, and things yeah. of that nature. So, um, yeah, I don't necessarily say that 4,000 uh, reports a month doesn't necessarily equals 4,000 UFOs. It, it likely is closer to six UFOs out of those 4,000 exactly. that really can't be explained. Exactly. And that's important for people to keep in mind. And that's that's really hard right now trying to get people to to kind of stay grounded and, and understand that, that fact, the fact of UFOs that, you know, 90 to 95% are going to be identified. Right. Um, you know, every video that comes out now or photo that's posted, you know, people are, are eating it up and arguing with anybody that, and even like one that just happened in Phoenix in yeah. Ari- over Arizona. Yeah, I talked about a research it. balloon. Yeah. People, people were just like, you know, hating on anybody posting that the 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 answer to that because people don't want to. Have oh, it happens, right. you know, because I they unless know the I answer host, is aliens, they don't right. want to hear it. Well, they where I work, they know that it, they now know that I host this podcast, and so nice. of course everybody. Did you see that the other day, Blum? It was, and I'm like, listen, guys, I hate to break it to you, listen, I'm all about, I'm all about it, but. This one time, I swear it was legit a weather balloon. Weather balloon. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, whatever." Isn't that great, though? I mean, I love that when it's known at work that you're the UFO guy. Oh yeah, I'm and the UFO and ghost like, come guy. In, people come into you. I, I mean, I remember I used to work at uh, Arizona State University for a while, and it was hilarious because I would see people creeping around the corner of my office door and you know they they some of them were were like faculty you know, college professors some mm-hmm. were just with staff i would see them kind of sneaking around the corner of my door and doing this light knock you know, do you do you have a second mm-hmm. so ufos you know yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> the same thing, I, you know something. i had i had shared um two or three weeks ago about a ghost that I had seen at work. I'm very open about that as well. And that spread like wildfire um, around. So everyone's been sharing their ghost stories with me at the work, you know, and things like that, which has been hilarious. But the thing that since it's really the last month or so, when people have really started to know that I do this with UFOs and ghosts and stuff, I'll see someone start to message me on our messenger where it's just the dot, 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 dot. And it never goes anywhere. And then it just stops. And I, I'll do the same thing. I'll go <laughs> UFOs or ghosts. <laughs> and they'll go that's amazing oh, i think i saw a ghost <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's awesome i love it Man, yeah we, i absolutely love we, it. we need to hang out i want to hear some stories for sure dude. i have a bu- i've seen so many i've already seen a handful of uaps and ufos since i've been to moved here in october <laughs> so it has well, yeah, been 
nuts. You had that that triangle thing that you saw. Oh yeah, then... well I reported that the MUFON. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you actually reported something. Good oh yeah, you. I've reported one in in Kentucky that I had two years ago on Fourth uh, of July, which was nuts, uh, and then one I had here. Um, and it like because you know we're friends with Shane Hurd now. We had him on the show, and Shane was like please get back to this person because uh, he wasn't the one doing the but he was like i wish it was me yeah. <laughs> but it's like i did and we this lady and i talked for two hours because it was triangular shape three lights and then eventually it started moving clockwise Whoa. as it moved across the sky and then it got to a certain point and then it shrunk into one light and went phew. And it was so like crazy. right in between christmas and new year's it was in scottsdale i was living in scottsdale at the time and so mm -hmm. it was it was crazy, man. So crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I would. Uh, we can. We can definitely yeah. get coffee and chat because I'm all like about it. it. All, all the stuffs. Well, yeah, and then and then next year I'm moving. I'm moving. Yeah, I convinced Josh to move out here, so he's coming you out didn't too. Convince just, me, come on. I did. He, he stayed in my guest bedroom and was like, "This is nice." Nice. <laughs> Good job. So, but, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to lots of spooky, here. lots of spooky. So, well, and then all nice. the stuff we're wanting to research now is within this region. Now, it's it's like I feel like we have busted as much. It's like let the hell your guys have Kentucky now. Let's take over Arizona because <laughs> you know we we God in the two years we've done this show we because we used to focus very heavily on Kentucky while we were there because we had a radio yeah. show uh, as well and so we kept a lot of it local but mm. now it's like i keep having all this stuff i'm like josh there's so much stuff out here man <laughs> <laughs> like i can go now everybody has a story out here yeah everybody it's fantastic yeah, not awesome. even the phoenix lights like yep. just other stories just mind-blowing it's crazy well, and some of the stuff that I've been reading uh, lately, you know, uh, talks about some of the uh, stuff that's happening around um, what's it called, uh, Camelback Mountain, mm -hmm. and, the, and, Camelback. and the and uh, the supposedly the the uh, tunnels and things that are in Camelback Mountain that were left there by the Spanish, and there's treasure or something buried in there. And I'm not gonna go right. And then I just discovered Gila Bend. Uh, at, on my way to San Francisco, I was like, "Is that a Space Age cafe? What is that? What is that UFO?" I have right never there? stopped at the Space Age cafe, but that we place did. looks so rad, and I always wanted is. to stop. And let me tell you, them pork chops are out of this world. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> give you that right now. It's these Native American ladies, and they make the best food. And uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool. They got all these like paintings up and all this stuff. And then of course yeah. the hotel next door, of course, is also uh, UFO themed. And it's, I mean, I'm just driving. I've never even heard of it because I'm always like, yes, the Dona is the one that's got all the UFO sightings. And I'm like, what is this? I do some research. I'm like, oh no, it's it's Gila Bend. Josh, when you come here, we have to go to Gila Bend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's not much there but space uh -huh. age cafe but is cool I, and then i'm like it's the same thing when i was driving through the area where um travis walton you know was abducted uh on my way here i was like yeah i get it i can see why it would happen here and it was the same thing in gilbert i'm like i get it i get why there's so many sightings you can't not see like it's <laughs> it's just there man yeah so oh. good place to be good place yeah, to it be. was nice everybody we talked to there was really really cool man i very nice. very cool people i highly recommend it you need to check it out go all right like i said the food is good get them pork chops <laughs> they, they make this beer barbecue sauce whoa Ooh, your child hey is good. i like that Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so um i want to be respectful of your time and i know we're going to kind of go on sorry along you got here. me talking about food now <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's dinner time out there right so um 
but uh, but yeah. So anything, um, I guess, for for anybody that wants to know uh, about your book that you've written, the book that's coming, uh, anything else that you've got going on any projects, where can they find information about you? So pretty much everything I do, I, I try to post at, at RoguePlanet.tv. That is my website, and uh, I'm very active on social media, primarily Twitter. So I'm at Acentric. That's A C E C E N T R I C. Um, got some projects coming up, some that I can't talk about. Um, some I'll be announcing very soon, including a new television show that's coming out. So, yeah, staying busy. That's I mean, awesome. UFOs is no longer my, my full-time job, but, you know, I, I, I can't quit UFOs. I can't quit you, UFO. <laughs> um, I do got to say, one of my favorite things about you, because you seem to have the same sense of humor as we do, but I love your book titles. You know, for example, Only Weirdos See UFOs and Smirk Giggle and Cue the X-Files theme song. I'm like, this man gets it. <laughs> man you know, I, I I, I'm it. trying to do something different with, with my next book because, and not that I really care. I mean, I, I don't, I try not to cater to people, mm-hmm. but... I can't tell you how how many more books I would have sold um, had I had a different title sure, because you know sure. if you have that have that book set up at a UFO conference, you get a lot of lectures from people. <laughs> yeah, they come up and they they, they see know. it from across the room. Your eyes connect. They look back at the book. They slowly saunter over. They're all, "What's this?" And and I get yelled at because they think I don't think UFOs are real. Oh, they yeah, think I'm yeah. making fun of them and calling well, them a weirdo because they they obviously you know have seen UFOs. Yeah. Oh no no, it's ironic. No, yes. read the subtitle. That's why I the love subtitle it. Yeah. Is the most important part. Yeah, <laughs> that's like us. I mean, we've caught we've caught hell a few times for calling our show Fearscape because they're like we shouldn't be afraid of them. And I'm like, no, we're we're just saying. Thank you, Stephen Greer. These are things that you know we talk about things that are traditionally spooky and different and weird yeah. you know like we have to explain it to you sometimes so i i feel you on that but i appreciate it jason <laughs> well i'm glad I love it. that makes that's it all worthwhile well and, and, and there's and there's nothing wrong with being a weirdo yes that's nothing. right no weirdo is a good thing i embrace it you know Amen. and weirdos are my people they really are yes well, it's like Amen. The- we need a million weirdo march on <laughs> dc let's do it <laughs> That um, there's a that beautiful march. <laughs> there's a bumper sticker uh, here here locally that says "Keep Louisville Weird" because it's you know for weird people. So yeah, yeah, just keep keep everybody weird. Everybody needs to be weird. Weird, hey, weird is a good thing. Weird is just a societal state of mind. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but Jason, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Um, we will absolutely keep in touch. You and I uh, get together and things like that. We would love to have you on the show again sometime or some of the other projects we do because I very much enjoy your perspective so well, thank you it. i would yeah, very yeah. much love that um yeah and i, th- I think there, there there's some trouble we could get into together oh I like hell it. Yeah. yeah and i'm telling you shane's kind of a weirdo too so <laughs> shane's my boy i mean he, he, I does, him, he does rogue planet with me we do some podcasts <laughs> together yeah no shane is right we we did a ufo when josh came to visit the three of we us went out looking C-E-5. for ufos on a cloudy night and it was fantastic so yeah, that's awesome <laughs> great people here thank you again jay Jason, uh, we will be sending everybody your way that we can because we love it, man. Thank you both. This was so awesome. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Uh, thank you so much, Jason McClellan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, if you did not have a fun time, um, 
maybe you need to listen to another show. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on because we had a blast. Yeah, Jason, a thank you so much. Uh, and, and I know I said it, but you are always welcome on the show. Um, make sure to go to Amazon uh, or uh, RoguePlanet.tv. Check out all the stuff that he's on. Get his books. Um, they are fantastic books. Um, this man is just a wealth of knowledge. YouTube his ass. Try to find out what shows he's been on so that you can go find him there because he's a blast, dude. I absolutely yeah. love it, man. Um, and really, and really, just I mean, uh, all around wealth of knowledge on the topic. Oh, so highly intelligent, man. Like yeah. that's the thing. I cannot wait to just pick his brain kind of you know uh off record you know just to just yep. go um i think that'll be a lot of fun so uh but yeah uh wanted to get out of here josh of course we need to get to our listener story um but, but before i even get into that um we you know we had talked with um jason we talked about how you know we're we're discovering a lot of things that are out this region out this area yep and some of that is due to the things that have been happening with wristwatch with uh the man claiming to be terry wrist uh which we have received a number of emails from and and things like that we're actually to a point now where we have uh, an email where we're able to respond back and forth no yep. longer is it a temporary email um and uh we've gotten some verification from alan greenfield and olaf phillips uh that this very well could be Terry wrist. Uh, there's some things that uh, Greenfield had talked about that only Greenfield knew uh, that Terry referenced, uh, which is pretty awesome. I mean, you yeah. know, until the man sits in my living room and I have coffee with him and Alan's there and Alan says, yes, that's him. I think he'll always be the man claiming to be Terry wrist, but I think we're closer to finding an answer than ever before. Well, in, in regardless if he is uh, the same Terry or not, he has given us uh, quite a few clues that are really leading to some pretty spectacular uh, journeys that are coming up for us. Right. And not only, you know, we've talked about it before that there has been uh, many uh, little rabbit holes and things like this that he sent us down different areas to look at coordinates. And uh, which, by the way, Jason McClellan uh, mentioned UC Boulder. Um, and I, Boulder. I was going to say something. And, I was gonna say uh, you something. know, uh, for yeah. those of you that are a part of Wristwatch, um, I'm not sure how much we've shared about Boulder yet, but Boulder is a place that Terry has referenced for us a number of times as well as some other places. And then Jason McClellan talking about the Condon Files yeah. being at UC Boulder. Hey, Boulder I'm like, yeah. uh-oh. Yep. So that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, what, what an amazing thing, places to go and things to do. Um, obviously, we don't have time to do a full podcast on it. So we've created our Patreon uh, as a way to help support us. Uh, we're, we're slowly developing a pilot that some of this may be a part of, some of it may not. Uh, it just depends. Uh, but all this money helps, you know, generate revenue for us, for our network, for this pilot, things like that. So we very much love our patrons, our blanket huggers there. Um, do know we're going to be revamping Patreon soon. So there's going to be some more tiers. Uh, maybe you're not interested in Terry Wrist. That's fine. Uh, there will be other tiers and things like that to be a part uh, as a way to support us and some uh, really great things that we'll be doing for you. Um, uh, Q&As and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but you can go to fearscapepodcast.com slash support or Patreon patreon.com slash fearscape pod uh those are ways to join and become a monthly patron uh to support us and we love those of you that already have and yeah and so and we'll try to share some more tidbits here to, uh, you know yep. some uh thirst quenchers so to speak uh just but like we said we don't have you know we don't i wish we had time to dedicate to a full another podcast but i already do another podcast uh mysteries of the dark and you have two <laughs> kids so <laughs> and trying to do this pilot and astral stew and oh lord yep. we busy got a lot on the plate 
So yeah, so please join Wristwatch. There's some really cool stuff coming out. Uh, we're going to be posting some uh, audio or video of some of the conversations that we've had uh, about everything with Olaf, talking about Greenfield and things like that. So, uh, and we'll be having Alan Greenfield. Uh, will be a, a Patreon exclusive interview as well coming soon. So you yep. won't want to miss that. Anyways, I do want to get to our listener story, which you can send your own uh, paranormal experiences to uh, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or on our website or our social media. Uh, but I have been receiving a number of, uh, mostly because I, I pilfer uh, certain Facebook groups and ask folks for stories sometimes. Um, but we did get one, another one uh, about uh, abductions and things like that, different, more kind of UFO related, which works perfect again, since we had Jason McClellan. Yep. So uh, this one uh, I really liked comes from, uh, and, and there's a small reference to one of our Mandela effects in here, uh, comes from a listener named Pamela from Indiana. Here's a true story that maybe some of you can identify with. In 1969, I was 16 years old. My mother, myself, a neighbor lady and my brother, we were sitting on our front porch on a hot summer night watching unusual lights in the sky in the direction of the airport. These were not lightning bugs. My mother jumps up suddenly and says, let's go. And all of us, including the neighbor, pile into my neighbor's car and head for the lights. We get to a high fence bordering the airport and stop. My mom says, oh, it's just the landing lights. And so we head home. When we get home, my father asks where we had been. He says it's been over two hours but the airport is only five minutes away by car. So we were all just a bit confused. Well, we all went ahead and went to bed and just kind of let it go. We didn't even wonder what, what the fuck, right? We just let it go. Well, that night I have a dream about being beamed up into a circular craft with my brother. I have this dream several more times during that week. Many years later, I learned that there was a major UFO flap in our area in 1969. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and, Pamela. Yeah. Time loss. I mean, it's... It's a big one. It's a big one, yeah. I mean, we we hear about that all the time. I mean, hell, I think uh, you and I have even had some experiences with time loss. Um, it's... It's a really big one. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, they went there five minutes. They said, oh, it's just the landing lights, which to me, I'm like, if you're seeing them in the sky, how are you seeing the landing lights on the ground? Maybe but whatever. Maybe you're, maybe you're in a valley. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, right. Or uh, it's a parent going, oh, my kids are scared. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Um, and then five minutes back because they realized that's all that it was. Let's even let's even add five minutes hanging around. That's still 15 minutes, not two hours to the point right. where the dad is like, where the hell have you guys been? So that's just that's spooky man and uh you know uh indiana has some pretty remarkable um stories as well i mean uh i believe we were talking to the theologian that was talking about the ufo flap that happened in kokomo indiana um let's see when it talks about when it happened in the mid 90s so i mean there in the mid 90s was this huge ufo flap um, 41 reports uh, 
just in Kokomo, Indiana alone from 1996 to 2017. That's well, a lot. And then you got your uh, strange sky light phenomenon as you were driving, or, or, or that was Ohio, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in Ohio. Okay. Was in Ohio. Yeah. I mean, not far from Indiana, though. Hell, because yeah, it was near state. it was near Dayton, which is pretty close to the border. Yeah. I mean, it it could have been in Indiana. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but still, very, very remarkable. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, and yeah, it makes you wonder if she did get taken up, if, if this is a legit you know, thing that happened. What else happened? You know, did she lose that memory? It you know, almost yeah. makes me wish i could say do you want to go get some hypnosis i'd love yeah to dig into, <laughs> i'd love to dig into this let's go do a regression you know? come on <laughs> it'll be fun we'll buy uh, you a beer <laughs> we'll buy, oh well yeah all right um but yeah so again please send your stories to us we absolutely love them we jest on things but we always believe i mean we are here to believe you um and so uh just like the ghostbusters we want to believe you and uh so um again send those to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com that's the easiest way or the hundred other ways that we have so but josh uh we're gonna get out of here you know just a quick reminder hey like share review you know all that stuff uh help us out in any way that yep. you can get a t-shirt or a mug uh we got some new stuff on there some new mysteries of the dark stuff i really like you know all this yep. stuff helps the whole network so and yep. you know check out all the other shows on our network fearscapemedia.com uh and astral stew is on youtube right now this month's talking about demons so it's a good time uh josh anything else that you want to share with all your personal fans the ones that don't like me but like you <laughs> Uh, no, just just a reminder, like stuff it said, review. Um, and if you happen to be listening to this on YouTube, uh, go ahead and click like, add a comment, subscribe if you haven't already. It uh, you know helps us out. So perfect. All right, well we're gonna get out of here. Thank you again. This has been Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. This has been Stefan. Keep your eyes on the skies. This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight. Because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.